in a passing lead in today's NFL, what do you need defensively to combat that? Edge pressure. Who are the top five edge rushers over the last decade in terms of draft prospects? Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. We'll discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout over with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And of course, Mr. LSU, the man with the ring, the champ is here. My guy, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on Twitter at the talent code. Keep talk to him, baby. What's up, locked on family? Let's get locked in. This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, and 2019 national champ with those LSU Tigers, man. But you know why we're here, man? The dynamic duo, myself, Damian Parsons. We're here to bring you championship level content surrounded the NFL draft that we say what the draft is 24 7, 365. The draft don't stop over here with the locked on NFL draft guys, man. So listen, we're going to keep this thing going as, as everyone knows right you've been listening to the past probably what five episodes we've been going through um revisionist history right we're going through man we're, we're, we're talking about the the best prospects over the last 10 drafts right and not what they've done in the nfl but who they were coming out of college so we're ranking our top five draft prospects and then we're having some fun in depth conversations following it but if you listen right you know we're on the offensive side of the ball you know what i appreciate offensive guys but you know deep down inside Purely, I'm a defensive side, right? Like, that that's what I do. I'm a defensive guy. I love the defensive side of the football. So we decided to kick this thing off with edge rushing. We did offensive tackles yesterday. We talked about how important offensive tackles were. Now we got to talk about the guys that they battle, rep in, rep out, play in, and play out. And that is the edge rushers of DP. Man, why don't you kick us off with your, your top five edge rushers over the past 10 years, go one through five. As you guys, like like he said, if you have listened, you would know. I'm going to say the same thing I've said consistently. This has not been easy. So at number one, I'm going to go Miles Garrett. At number two, Khalil Mack. Number three, Nick Bosa. Number four, Joey Bosa. And number five, Will Anderson Jr. Okay, so you, you threw in the most recent guy. I, I, I didn't know if I wanted to do that because I'm like, I, it's really close. So I was trying was to tough. see how. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to see how I was going to go about it. So. I went, I went Joey Bosa one, then I went Miles Garrett two, then I went Chase Young three, then I went Jadavian Clowney four, and then I found through Will Anderson in at the fifth spot. You got two guys, Keith, that I really I, I tossed, I, I kind of to, tossed and turned back and forth with, and that was the Jadavion Clowney, of course, being a, a, a South Carolina boy myself. I saw this guy all the time when he played at, at SC, right? right? And the, the famous hit against Michigan, that probably is the reason he was the main reason why he got drafted, right? Yeah. Where he knocked the guy helmet off, and that's a, a hit of, of the decade, right? And then it was Chase Young. And I, I remember, like, Chase Young was so, it was like, all right, I, I, I had to tell myself, I cannot fill this list with Ohio State Buckeyes. Like, I just can't have three to four of these guys on this list. So I was like, somebody ain't going to make the cut. And it was, for me, it was Chase Young. But I'm going to tell you you guys a story. Like, 
Miles Garrett is my number one, but I had to I had to kind of go back and revision this type of history because when Miles Garrett came out, he also came out in the class with Derek Barnett, who was coming out of Tennessee at the time. Mm-hmm. And at that time, which was like what 20, what was that 2014, 2015? 14, 2015, yeah. yeah. I was, you know, I was young Dame. I was young DP, man. <laughs> and I wasn't I was, full-time you know, Dame, that was young I Dame. Yeah, I wasn't full-time Dame, dog. So I was I was a stickler for technicians, man. And Derek Barnett was such a technical, technically refined guy, great hands, uh, punch placement, timing, everything. I mean, we look at Miles Garrett, he was just that freak, that freak athlete, like everything, right? And it was I had Barnett over Miles Garrett, but that's before I actually um, a retired scout ended up, you know, I ended up meeting a retired scout from the league, you know, taking me on his way and teaching me a lot of things. That's what he taught me about the can and can nots. And all right. And he taught me about traits and stuff, which we'll get into a little bit later in terms of in, in one of our, in the last segment, but he kind of taught me the, the trick of the trade and, and what they look for, what they think about from a scouting perspective. So my mind has evolved from a scouting perspective from a scouting perspective, so if Derek Barnett and Miles Garrett came out in 2022, 2023, yeah, no, no, no. Miles that would have definitely been number one, but I just wanted to give you all that story. Like, just talk about the growth because I was very, very, like, tough on guys who weren't technicians, but like like my guy taught me, you know, Big Bro taught me, he said, listen, it's all about size, athleticism. If I can teach it to you, I ain't worried about it. If I can't teach you to be 6'5", 270, I'm worried about it. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, man, I'm I'm with you. And so, DP, when you, you know, looking at the list, and I think when you look at the size, athleticism, there isn't one guy that doesn't check that box, right? And, right. and, when, and the reason I want to compare it is because we look at, um, you know, we looked at wide receivers, right? You look at tight ends, you look at running backs, you look at even a quarterback position. They come in at different sizes, right? Like there's there's different size thresholds as far as what they offer. But all of these guys are not only like highly talented football players, but when you look at the the height, weight, you know what I'm saying? Probably the the, the body fat percentage right there. I think with this, their BMI, BPI, I think it's BMI. Yeah, BMI um, yeah. You know, like all of that, like it, it checks the box, right? Like they, they are elite across the board so that was one thing when i was going through this list dp i noticed i'm like man like all of these guys will anderson might be the lightest right at, at 200 and 240 yeah 240 right but he makes up for, for the you know the battering ram style that he has but that was something that stuck out to me dp i wanted to ask you was there anything else that stuck out to you when you was listing these guys because i'll tell you this real quick too that when i was listening i'm like damn he was really good he was really good like i thought this was the most like elite level like these these guys are all and, and i'm maybe not chase young yet right but right in in david clowny question mark, but all these guys hit and then pro bowl plus meaning all pro mm-hmm. and potential hall of famish type career trajectory so is there anything else that you picked up on when you was looking at these guys man i think you know when we're looking at them i even went back i went and looked at the numbers and major, almost all these guys were like these guys were productive right we know will Anderson has been one of the most productive sack artists and pressure artists in college football over the last 10 years right but miles garrett you know for him 31 sacks in 3 years 31 sacks in 3 years with seven forced fumbles right khalil mack 28 and a half sacks in 4 years and, and, and bro and this is what's crazy Khalil Mack had 16 forced fumbles in, in college. Like, and he yeah, was playing at Buffalo. Like, so yeah. when he would get on, I think, I think when he really stepped on the field, I think it was a what really caught a lot of people's attention 
was against Ohio State, where he was just unblockable. And everybody's like, we talked about with the offensive tackle, seeing those kind of smaller school guys, when you get the chance to go up against big-time programs with big-time five-star athletes, you go to show that I'm on the same level, if not better, than they are. I just play at a smaller school. So same thing with, with you know, Nick Bosa got hurt midway through his, his final year, so he, he kind of shut it down from that abdominal injury. But he was productive. Joey Bosa was productive. All these guys checked so many different boxes uh, for what we look for at edge rushers, whether it's technique, size, or athleticism. These guys checked those boxes. And that was, one of the, that was the biggest thing that stood out to me, Keith, is that the boxes that we want to check, these, the guys that we listed, all of them, they checked all of them. You know, I mean, yeah. it's some way, shape, or form, they checked all of them. No, legit all of them, right? Like, as we say, they didn't miss any athletic threshold, height threshold, weight threshold, any and production threshold. So right. they did on all of them. So I think that's pretty, um, you know, when we talk about tendencies and things like that, right? Like, that, that's something that you probably, you know, will elevate more. Like, okay, I want to make sure this guy, that the guys in the past have hit all this threshold, all of these thresholds as far as becoming very productive players in the NFL. So when we're going through with our scouting lens and applying that, that's something that we probably, you know, that you may want to lean towards. And I know I definitely lean towards it, right? But DP, yeah. man, look, we're going to keep this thing going. Yesterday we talked about offensive tackles and we talked about versatility is key, right? But we know that, right, the counterparts and talking about these edge rushers, that they're asked to do a lot of things. And not only asked to do a lot of things, but there's a multiplicity as far as edge rushers, right? There's four, three hands in the ground. There's three, four guys. There's guys that's 235 pounds like Von Miller, right? Then there's guys that's 275 pounds like, you know, like other edge rushers, like you call those Dunlaps and, you know, just other guys that have been productive. So DP, we want to talk about you know, what is the perfect edge, right? And and how do you apply that? And then when you're watching guys, what's the difference between a 4-3 hand-in-the-ground guy and a 3-4 edge rusher stand-up that can drop in space? So let's get into that and let's have that conversation. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to bet on all of the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Guys, you heard me correctly. Let me say it one more time. That's $1,000, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. What do you need to do? Simple. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. If you're a Yankees fan, if you're a Mets fan, if you're a Braves fan, an Oriole fan, an Angel fan, whatever team you 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 rep in terms of baseball, you can bet on your team to try and win some money or bet on some other teams or against some teams to try and win some money. Very simple. So you don't want to miss the chance to snag a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. So all you need to do is just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today to sign up. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Building the perfect edge, Keith. And, and I'm a, I'm, I listed him in the first segment. You know, we both did. And for me, it's like I look for, like you said, the the, 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 the variety of what you see. Because you get the guys like a Will Anderson Jr. who's 240, who in college, he three-point stance, two-point stance, four-point stance, five technique, four out. Like he did all, all these different mm-hmm. things. Then you get the Vaughn Millers who, I think, it, if I remember, it's been a while, but Vaughn Miller at Texas A&M was kind of similar in terms of he would, did play with his hand in the dirt, but being 230, 35 pounds, 240 or whatever he was listed at, he was more of a stand-up guy, that three-four edge where you know he's he's already in that track stance, right? And I think that's where it, those guys who are quick twitch, explosive, and bendy, those guys are typically going to be those three-four edge rushers, like you talked about. Then you get the guys who are built, 
you know what I mean? Like the Nick Bosa, like the, the Miles Garrett and Joey Bosa, where they're they're gonna put their hand in the dirt. TJ Watt is a, is a perfect example of a three-four outside linebacker because he's not somebody you want to put in a three-point, four-point stance and you tell him because at the end of the day, what, what, what ends up happening is guys gotta defend the run too. So what like what's the best advantage for them to defend said run? You know what I mean? And it's not if if it's it's not putting them in a putting a smaller guy hand in the dirt where they got to shoot up from such a low trajectory rather than putting them in the track stance. They can shoot their hands, get get their hands activated and engaged, set the edge. But then at the same time, when it comes onto the pass rush, they're already at an advantage because the the, the tackle got to get out of their stance where this guy's already up, primed and ready to go. I think for me, the perfect edge. I'm, I'm gonna throw out a name. It's Miles Garrett, man, six four, six five. 275 elite level athlete at his size. And I think it was Brandon Thorne. Shout out to Brandon Thorne, one of the best in the business over at Bleach Report. Does a lot of stuff in the, with the trench, with the trench work with offensive line and defensive line. He put up a clip, I think it was yesterday, of I think it was Browns versus the Lions. <laughs> and Miles Garrett beats a triple team to get the sack on the quarterback because he yeah, used I've a fake spin that. move. And I'm like, this shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shouldn't be happening, right? Like, Not he shouldn't do 6'5", 260. <laughs> he shouldn't be able to do the things that he does. But then he also has, like, a Euro step. Like, he's so much more flexible and fluid for a guy that's, that's built the way he is. So, like, if you to ask me, DP, if you want to put a name on the perfect edge, to me, it's Miles Garrett. Well, I, I think – so I do appreciate that, right? But then let's let's look at the other side of the coin. That's the reason why we're having this conversation, right? And, and that's going to be, let's go with somebody else that's been extremely productive. Like, are we going to say that um, that Miles Garrett is better than Von Miller? Like, we, like you, you can't necessarily yeah. say that. And so I think that's why we're having this conversation about 4-3 and 3-4, right? Because you ask somebody, like, man, what's my perfect edge rushing? It's like, okay, I think it almost goes to towards the conversation of, what does the, your team value, right? And then now we get into scheme because I will go with some guys through the draft, DP, uh, Trayvon Walker, right? And he did a lot of those different things, stood up on the edge, put his hand on the ground on the edge, got kicked inside the defensive tackle, right? And it's like, okay, what kind of player is this? But I think it's always you want to put players in a most more, the most athletic, advantageous, advantageous situation, right? Same thing with Tyree Wilson, right? He came out this draft and it's like, okay, is he a hand in the ground guy? Is he a, a stand-up edge rusher? Is he a, a defensive tackle and you kick him inside? And But I, I think it also, DP, it affects this, man. It affects their sack production, right? Because when you draft a guy and then you give him the quote-unquote edge label, I think people mentally, right, like you automatically transition to I want Miles Garrett sack production. I want Von Miller sack production. I want one of the Bosa brothers type sack production. Khalil Mack, right? And you you just you make you want to make sure that you draft a guy and put him in the right spot. And so that's why I like with the conversation with you know the four three edge versus the three four edge is like, hey, you need to really dive deep into what does your team what 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 scheme do they play right who do they have playing next to them and what is their most advantageous situation not just filling a team need like all edges can't play all situations like i think if von miller just had the soul to be a hand in the ground guy and 
take on offensive tackles all day, we would not necessarily see the best versions of Von Miller, right? But his time he spent in Denver, right? Then going to Buffalo, it was some of the, a lot of the similar things to where it's like, you know what, let's try to single Von Miller up one-on-one with an offensive tackle and let him win with his athleticism. Now we do have your guys like Miles Garrett where they just do it all, right? And that's just your, <laughs> your plug-and-play guys. But there is a conversation that when we're talking about drafting edge rushers and we're talking about the elite level, right? But when you go to yeah. like your Yannick and Gakways and, you know, all of those guys that's kind of tier two, tier three, what position they play really matters. What stance they come out of really matters for them. No, no, hundred percent, and 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 guys like that, where, you know, the same thing. I think the same thing with Nick Bosa. Like Nick Bosa is not somebody that I want standing up in a two point stance a lot. You know, what I mean, I don't, I don't view him as like the most fluid in terms of lower body movement to be able to dip mm-hmm. and turn. You know, and different things like that. But what he has is the hand placement, technically, to just super refined oh. as, a, as a technician. Like, and that was, I think, that was a big thing when I remember watching him versus his brother was the body type. He had, and I, I remember like seeing him in person uh, at the combine when he came out, and I was like, "He's not as like I'm five five, so yeah, I'm, I'm a short king, guys, but I'm standing not too, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like very close to Nick Bosa, and I'm like, he's not that tall of me, but he, but body type wise, oh dude's he, he's built, he's ripped, you know what I mean? He's he's a very strong, low center of gravity, big arms, you know, big legs, and you see with that power, it's full body for him." Where if you let him get a running start at the tackle and he goes to that bull rush, it, it's typically night night for him. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, when you t- for me it's like, also I think part of that conversation is like how can you use these guys just in general? How do they win, right? And I look at a guy like like with Von Miller. Von Miller is when you talk about three four out three four edge rushers, it's Von Miller and it's everybody else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that dude is an absolute am- animal, bro. Like technically refined. But the, the bend, everybody has been like, it's it's almost like, like it's the same way we look at with, with quarterbacks and sometimes like receivers. That's that specific skill that that he has that bend that nobody else truly has. But you always look for it. I think it was Harold Landry when he came out. People compared his bend to Von Miller. I'm like, it, it's a little different. bit. It's different <laughs> though. It's 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 T- level. TJ Watt is a guy that you can throw out there but it's still different right but he, yeah, he's probably different. he's probably the next level of those three four outside linebackers but oh, yeah repeat to your point right when you talked about the bin that's something that you should look for in the edge especially a three four guy right like it's like you have to be a good athlete like i want to see you bend i want to see you be able to be nimble like how many times have we seen von miller dip that shoulder and he's almost horizontal to the to the to the um you know to the field and he's able to still kind of you know bend and and, and turn the corner on, all, on these offensive pop tackles. back up like a jack-in-the-box right? yeah and just pop right back up right like that that's special and like you said that's that's to his special trait but that's also made what you want more in the three four outside linebackers and then how you describe the bosa nick bosa right like you now you're talking about converting speed to power so you may not need as much bend if your functional strength is on a much more elite level, right? Yeah. Like when you could just easily convert speed to power, but you're still a high level athlete. And I think, man, it, when it comes down to this edge discussion, it's probably a, a probably a conversation we can have for an hour, right? But DP, there's another there's another element of this that I want to add, right? 
And that's how you started this podcast off, right? You was talking about technique, right? And then you got into just the natural tools that you have. And it's this kind of similar conversation that we have with a lot of other positions, quarterbacks, right? Like, do we want the tools or do we want the accuracy, right? Uh, you know, it, to be proven already. So we're going to get into these edge rushers because there are guys and we've seen the Baltimore Ravens consistently take swings on guys like Odafe Owe. David Ajabo, these guys, um, you know, the, the New Orleans Saints, right, take take swings on Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport. So we want to get into the tools versus the technique. And what do we like to see when we're talking about not just those elite level guys, but maybe the second, third, fourth round guys. And we'd be like, hey, that's a draft still because I lean either towards the tools or the technique of that player. Tools or technique is, is the perfect perfect way to frame this, Keith, because it, it lends you to, all right, what do you prefer? And that's why that's why I go, I was a technique guy over tools back then. You know what I mean? When I was young Dame, when I was young DP. But now that I'm full-time Dame, I'm more of the tools. And that's, to, a, to an extent, Keith, that's almost with every position. Because, like, it's like, okay, I get, like, you know, from a scouting standpoint, I get it. What can I teach you? What can I teach you? Like I can't teach, you know, I can't teach Will Anderson. I can't stretch him to six five. You know, what I mean, he could gain, he can go, he blow up to two seventy two. But I don't know how well it's going to work for him. You know what I mean? Right. In terms of adding that weight. But when you have a Miles Garrett, right? You're so physically gifted and dominant. The technique, the rush plan, the ability to read the steps and the drop of a tackle. I could teach you all those things as a coach. You know what I mean? And, and it's don't get me wrong. It's a tricky situation because it's it's all based on, and this goes back to draft philosophy. As you know, it's about interviewing the, the kid, interviewing the prospect, because no matter how toolsy or gifted you are, I need to know, do you have that mental, the mentality to work to get better? If you don't have that, then I don't care about your tools. I'd rather go and get somebody that I know is going to put the work in. You know what I mean? But like, if I got a guy, a perfect world, if I got a guy that has the height, the weight, the speed and everything else, and he's going to put the work in. That's the guy I want because the technique can always be taught. There's, like we always talk about, there's specialists for everything in terms of coaching. There's a wide receiver coaches, there's specialists, mm-hmm. running back coaches, QB coaches, and pass for specialists. Uh, Brandon T. Jordan, who is I think he, he was he was independent he's, at first, then he was yeah, at Michigan State. To, and I think he was the Seahawks. Yeah, he's with the Seahawks now. Then another guy I want to give a shout out to, and I don't know if our listeners listening to this, but he tagged us in a Twitter post. Um, Coach Chuck Smith, man, I I, mm-hmm. I had opportunity to talk with him um a couple of times during my time at LSU and recruiting. Highly knowledgeable guy, but he's actually he works with, with Vaughn the, Miller. Yeah, and he he's with the Baltimore Ravens now. And so that's what I would listen to. Had you know, he he had tweeted at us and was like, "Hey, check this out." Um, in regards to exactly Odafe Awe and David Ajabo, so that was kind of cool just to listen to him talk about them. But DP, like the the other element of the tools versus technique is which tools are you looking for, right? Because right. I, I think that you know it's like okay, the guy runs in a straight line really fast. It's like okay, that's a tool, right? And then the guy bench presses, you know, forty times. Like oh, he's really strong. That's a tool. You know what I'm saying? Or he has great arm length. Like in in I want to have this conversation because it goes into a guy like a uh, Andre Carter, right? Where mm. you know you're seeing some sack production, and then when you watch the film, you see like oh, in open space. He has some closing speed, but then everybody looked at him like, man, this guy is six five. He runs in a straight line fast, right? And he has length. But 
you have to make sure you're using the right tools because that's not necessarily the tools that I want to apply, right? Like it's two things that I look for is functional athleticism and functional strength. Functional athleticism to me, you're talking about the definition, right? It's how the athleticism applies to that position. And same thing for strength, functional strength. How does his strength apply to playing that position? And that's the two things I look for. So if a guy may not necessarily be, you know, like, you know, a top round pick, but he he checks the functional athleticism and functional strength, but the technique isn't there. I'm like, okay, at least he has those. I can I can teach everything else. And and that's the reason why you talk about a guy like Byron Young. I was so high on him, right? Because I'm like, I see the athleticism and I see the strength there for him to be a high level, uh, you know, productive athlete. No, and that, that's that's a per. I love that Keith because it is true, right? The 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 functional on field stuff because the training stuff like it's it's cool but it doesn't like if you don't translate it to the field like we talked about will levis like it's good to throw let me see you throw it 60 yards in a training session you mm-hmm. know what i mean now can you translate that to the field i don't care what you're running the 40 like anthony richardson four 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 or they, there was rumors they ran a four three eight that's on tape you know he right. i mean i don't even mean to bring this up but you know, he burned, you know, LSU on a run. I mean, there like was other got... schools you could have brought up. DP, there was definitely other schools you could have brought up. <laughs> it was the first one. It was the first one that came to my mind, you know. But he got Utah for, for a long one, week one. So it's all about, like you said, functional. Functional being on the field. But, like, the natural stuff is more so what you see in a training session. Yeah, and, and I'll even go to this, right? Like because we talked about the arm, the arm length, the athleticism, the height, weight discussion, right? Let's throw out a couple names where you know when we're talking about the short area quickness, functional athleticism may not have been there. And two guys that come up to me, Taco Charlton, when he was drafted out of Michigan, mm-hmm. right, was another big guy. But you when you watch the film, it's like, okay, does he have that athleticism? that's you know like top-notch level to where if the sack production one there i'm still going to buy in then the other guy would be your two your tier mas grottos that plays for the carolina panthers i looked at those guys kind of in the same light while like i just don't know if they have enough functional athleticism to win on the edges right, right. And, and that's where you kind of get caught up because they do check and that's why we brought it up right they check the the height the weight you know like they check the arm length boxes but now it's like okay now, what about that functional athleticism to be able to win on the edges to beat those offensive tackles? No, nah, bro, that, and that, that's that's a perfect, you know, that's that's perfect because at the end of the day, like Utah Gross Mother, as a matter of fact, like after come, going to the Panthers, he's bulked up, you know what I mean, to, to, to try and play Probably more. Move of, him inside. Yeah, to move him inside. And that's why now, like bringing in, I think, Evero, uh, who was a defense coordinator, I think, at uh, for the Denver Broncos last year, I think it's their new D.C., and, okay. uh, or Dom Capers or whoever, like they run him over three four. So he's not seeing at any edge play. No. That, you know what I'm saying? At his size, <laughs> and even if he was back to his college size, he still wouldn't be relied upon as a three four outside linebacker because, mm. like you talked about, he doesn't have the the on field athleticism or short area quickness or twitch to win. And then he just didn't have the like like a Nick Bosa, where it's all right. I'm strong. I'm powerful, and I know how to. Work outside angles and inside angles, and Yito Gross Models doesn't ha- doesn't offer either any of that. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and that, and that was I, I found fun, right? And that's some of the development as we go through this process. And you know, you say we're getting better as talent evaluators, and you continue to dive into, you start separating things, right? Like, and you start diving in, like, okay, yeah, maybe he can play edge, right? But this is not a guy that I'm banking on giving me ten sacks a season. This right. is more of a, a five, six sack season guy. And, and I like the two names are thrown out there. You, I would put those names in there: the Marcus Davenport and the Peyton Turner. They they go right into that conversation. Unfortunately. 
the Saints drafted both of them, right? Like, and, and they keep going after it. Another guy that, in the jury's still out on him, right? But Logan Hall out of University of Houston. Ooh, yeah. He was a very polarizing name. And I think the Bucks took him the, the top. Bucks took him. Yeah, it's like the, second the, round. Yeah, the top of the second. So we're still trying to figure out, you know, if that athleticism will be able to be applied, even though he checks the height, weight, athleticism. Um, well, you know, yeah, athletic, he was athletic enough as far as with testing, but we're talking about applied athleticism and functional athleticism. Oh, and, and to close that, like we talked about with the offensive tackles, some guys that played tackle in, in college, they get kicked inside the guard. Some of these defensive vans and edge rushers in, in college, they when you get to the league, the best path for you is probably to add 20 pounds and play more yeah. of a four, four technique, four eye, and, and play more inside. And because typically those guys have, the, like you said, the height, the weight, and the length. And then you you cut you hope that they could that arm length and wingspan advantage can allow them to be productive to beat typically shorter arm guards and be a long arm puncher and, and collapse the pocket in front of the quarterback. But guys, that's our that's our discussion on the top five edge rushers over the last decade, man. And you know, a lot of polarizing names, a lot of production, just a, a great and fun discussion, you know, building the perfect edge, as well as what do you prefer, tools or technique? You know, some something can be touched and some things can't. So uh, like I said. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Thank y'all so much for uh, joining us and making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, We appreciate y'all for being family and our every single dayers, man. But as always, come and join us again tomorrow because tomorrow we're going to get into some defensive tackles. Where does Jalen Carter rank over the last 10 years of defensive tackles? And uh, is this a Hall of Famer that's going to be on our list? We'll talk about that tomorrow. Just hold your horses. We'll talk about it tomorrow. But, guys, as always, in terms of Twitter, you can find and follow Keith Sanchez at the talent code. Me, Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.